0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pro Football Network Betting Podcast. I'm your co-host, David Behrman, alongside two of my favorite people on the entire planet, our director of betting, Brian Bluis and one of our chief fantasy and betting analysts, Kyle Sopi. Gentlemen, welcome back for another week of betting pronostications.
1: How are we? Doing good. Looking forward to having a big week. I could use it. We were a little slow last week on my end, so I could use a bounce-back week. Are you guys going to hand out some winners this week? I'm looking forward to it. I'm a little nervous about these lines with all these really low
2: totals, backup quarterbacks, bad weather. Like, no result was surprising this week with how I'm betting on these games. Is this where I tell you guys that the column went
0: 9-3 and, and best bets were 4-0 oh last week? Yeah, yeah, that, that's just on me. Not promising the same result, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, let's dive right in. Rams, Ravens, quietly a pretty good matchup. Uh, the Ravens are at home laying seven and a half total at 40 and a half versus the Los Angeles Rams who have revitalized their season, pulling back to six and six on the year and cashing me my over five and a half real early. So I'm happy about that. Gentlemen, I think this is too many points. I'll respect to the Ravens being one of the AFC's best. The Rams are playing good football and seven and a half is a lot. Yes. The Ravens have blowout potential as we've seen earlier this year, um,
1: but the Rams are playing pretty good. We'll start with you, Kyle. What do you think of this game? Yeah, I'm going to differ from you here, and I'll lay the points. I'll go ahead and give the points. I mean, Baltimore's average margin of victory in their wins this year, 16.6 points per game. Like you said, the blowout potential is there. And if they make Matthew Stafford in this offense one-dimensional, you're talking about a sitting duck quarterback against a a defense that gets to the quarterback as often as anybody. I think they can put some pressure on there. You're talking off a bye week, so they've had time to scheme both on the offensive and defensive side. I think Baltimore could come out swinging here. Give me the Ravens by 10 in this spot.
0: Brian, he likes the Ravens by 10. They have shown blowout potential, but the last couple of games against the Browns, Bengals, and Chargers have all been close games. Where are you at on this one?
2: Yeah, maybe not as confident as Kyle is calling his shot with a 10-plus point win, even though that wouldn't be that many more points to cover in the spread here. But I think I'm on his side, too. There's a lot of love for the Rams right now, and rightfully so. Once they've had Connor Williams back and their offense is totally healthy, they've like a really good team, and potentially a playoff team in the uh, NFC. But I just can't get out of my head how much the Ravens have dominated these good teams at home this season, remembering those that Seahawks game, remembering that Lions game. And at the time, those were two public underdogs. People think there's too many points, and the game was over basically after the first drive of the game. And if I look, I look at this Rams team and how they've played against elite teams this year, lost by seven to the Niners. That really should have be been a 10-point loss because of that backdoor cover field goal. They lost by nine to the Eagles, but – that score makes it look closer than that game actually was. I don't think they reached, they went past the 50 yard line, the second half of that game or something crazy. And they got blown up by the Cowboys too. So I just feel like they're one of those good, bad teams this year that are really, when they play above their competition is get outclassed in general. I would add two things there. Again, this isn't a strong play of
0: mine taking the points, but they did sweep Seattle and they got Kyron Williams back. And that's a different team with Kyron Williams. What we saw with Sean McVay sometimes outthinking himself without a true running back, he would just pass the ball all over the field and it ended in a lot of three and outs. Since Kyron's been back, they have been successfully running the ball. Um, but we'll see what happens. So there you have it right after the gate. Out of the gate, we have Brian leaning Ravens, Kyle all over the Ravens, and myself leaning the points with the Rams. So give you a couple of options. I know that doesn't help anybody, but hey, at least we gave you. Sound analysis. Uh, Bear, I barking. hear a dog barking?
2: I might have changed my pick now. The dogs are barking.
0: The dog is barking. I'm going to have to call in some help from, uh, from 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 Bear Woman to get the dog some attention. But I'm going to kick it to you guys for the next game while I kick the dog out of the basement. That is Bear Dog barking. So, yeah, like all over the Rams. Panthers, Saints. Saints laying somehow five and a half, thirty seven and a half 37 and total. I'm not saying I'm – taking the Panthers because no one wants to do that. I don't have any play in this game. I can't advocate for the Panthers, uh, but the saints are laying five and a half and it's not something I want to do either. Brian, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on this game.
2: Yeah, I was one of the very few people. I think that actually didn't win money betting on the Panthers last week. They've been a team been fading all year. rightfully So this is one of those matchups where you believe, Oh, somebody has to cover. These are two of the worst three teams against the spread this season. But if you remember their matchup early in the season, it was a push. Pretty sure the Panthers had a garbage time drive at the end of the game. I don't remember they scored a touchdown kick kicked a field goal, but I know that they pushed that plus three number. But I don't think the Saints should ever be favored by this many points. They just are just such a bad team, in my opinion. Panthers made it close last week against the Buccaneers team. Is probably equal to the Saints, in my opinion. Saints are 0-5 ATS at home this season. And Dennis Allen for his career, 13-21-1 ATS. Versus teams below 500, and the Saints are favored this year. They've been favored in 10 games. They've covered that one time. <laughs> and do you guys know who that was against? Not a clue. The Patriots, <sighs> like when they shut them out. So yeah,
0: 35 like nothing game, something like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. And we saw the Panthers look better defensively last year, getting JC Horn back. And I just never want to lay points with Derek Carr. He's probably my least favorite quarterback to watch right now. It's because I'm such a, I love Jameis so much. I just see him there like, please let Jameis start. And if, anytime we think we're getting Jameis back, we're getting Jameis as a starter. Oh, Derek Carr is healthy. Like, Can this guy like take a week off for entertainment's sake for the 1 o'clock slate? Give me the Panthers.
0: It, it is amazing how Derek Carr just gets slaughtered every single week and then winds up practicing the next week. And I have him it on my fantasy stuff. team. Embarrassed to say I have Derek Carr with Kyler Murray on my fantasy team. So it, it, it's like... Kyler's on a bye this week, so I, I have no quarterback, but we're going to figure that out before the games start. Kyle, this was a three-point game back in September. I don't want to lay five and a half of the Saints. I don't really want to play with the Panthers, neither one against the spread. What do you like here?
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you on this. I'm fading this game. Unless we get word that Jameis Frick and Winston is starting, in which case I'll be all over the Saints. Like I, hey, he, If it's Jameis, yes. hammering the Saints. Yeah, because he'll, he'll make his mistakes, but he'll put up enough – optimism and enough potential to outscore a Panthers offense that can't do anything I don't have that confidence in Derek Carr so I'm avoiding this if it's Jameis Winston the number might drop a little bit I can't imagine it changes in a big way but I would go the Saints to cover in that situation otherwise I'm off it
0: evidently I have two members of the Jameis Winston bandwagon Um, I'm not necessarily going to agree with that it's not like this guy's the second coming of Joe
2: Montana he's better than Derek Carr I I think I'm I'm not I'm not a QB guru. I'm not the biggest expert out there when it comes to this, but I'm pretty confident to say he's a better quarterback than Derek Carr.
0: Indianapolis Colts, the red hot Indianapolis Colts, who I've been all over this entire season. Uh, I bet them to make the playoffs. I bet them again to make the playoffs a few weeks ago when I looked at their schedule. They've helped me out with winning four straight. They're on the road in Cincinnati. The Bengals fresh off that upset win on Monday night football in Jacksonville. Bengals are at home, getting one and a half total 39 and actually up to 43 and a half now that total there in cincinnati um i I like the colts i've been betting the colts it's hard to argue with what the Bengals did last week uh shockingly winning with jake browning at quarterback in jacksonville start with you kyle uh all my apologies to your boy trevor lawrence i know you're all over him all season what do you like in this game
1: yeah, I think you got to see more than one week out uh, of Browning before backing him, don't you? I mean, I get that it was an impressive four-quarter run here, but now you're talking a short week against a Colts team that can control the clock. So give me the Colts. I'll lay the points here. I'm going to go Zach Moss over 69.5 rushing yards as a prop to kind of kind of tell where the story I'm telling here and that I just think Indy controls it. Bengals give up the second most yards per carry this season. If that's going to be the case, we know Zach Moss. He had 100% of the running back carries last week. He's the featured guy with Jonathan Taylor out. They're going to feed him early and often. I'm confident that he can produce in a big way. I think they control this game, and you're looking at something like 24 to 14, something along those lines, where Indy controls the game from start to finish. I'm I'm a, totally agree with with Kyle.
2: I
0: like the Colts here. What
2: do you think, Brian? Yeah, I've been losing, fading the Colts this season. They've been getting really lucky. I should have won with the Titans last week. I mean, two block punts. The holder in a gets row. injured. And, they make they, yeah they had one for a touchdown. They missed the very next kick as soon as a holder did get injured. They missed an extra point. They lose in overtime. Like that should have been a win for the Titans right there. They're definitely frustrating loss to say the least. But I don't want to back the Colts here. But I feel like it's something that Kyle said it best. It's like can Jake Browning really do this two weeks in a row? I think we undervalued him last week because we really had no history with him. We didn't have any sample size. We really know how he would perform. And the obvious like thought process was a fade, a quarterback in his first start on the road on prime time against a good Jaguars team. And then sure enough, he destroyed that narrative completely. But it feels – I don't know. I don't want to buy too high on him after just one week. We got to see more from him. And I don't like this Colts team enough to take them here, so it's probably a pass for me.
0: Moving on to Jaguars versus Cleveland Browns. We don't know the status of Trevor Lawrence so far. He's been limited in practice. Browns are laying three at home versus the Jaguars, implying that this is about an even game on a neutral field. Total has dropped all the way to 30 and a half, matching what the Thursday night game was, is. We're taping this on Thursday, so we aren't going to talk about what we aren't going to see tonight in the Thursday night football classic between the Steelers and the Patriots, but we have another low one here, 30 and a half.
2: This is one of hold your nose and ignore, but what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I think I like the Browns in this one. Just um, their defense plays so much better at home than on the road. They've been getting destroyed the last two weeks, but both those came on the road against better quarterbacks. They're allowing just 10 points per game at home this season. Now you have most likely a backup quarterback on a short week in bad weather. I think the most shocking thing is here that it's the year 2023 and Joe Flacco is the best quarterback in a game, which is pretty nuts. And uh, the big thing here is, these are two really good run defenses, and um, this is not going to be a game that's set up for a lot of passing because of the weather. So it might be worth taking the under here, just thinking that's going to be this ground and pound on both sides of the ball all day long, and not much passing with the conditions and the, defenses, the, uh, the defensive matchup. Both are good passing defenses. So I lean the Browns here, but I like the
1: low under for this one as well too. Kyle? Yeah, I'm not. T- there's two games I'm not touching with these quarterback situations, and this is the second one. The first one is the Saints game. This one, I'm off of it until we know quarterback. I'm assuming Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, which means I'm just not touching this game. There's, yeah, I, I guess I would take the points in a game like this just out of principle because it's low scoring, and you, three points is worth a lot more in a game with a total of thirty than it is fifty. But nah, this is, game's not getting my money.
0: And as someone who's addicted to low totals, you would think I'd want the under here, but there's just too much you don't know. If Trevor Lawrence plays, I wouldn't want to be on the under here. You know, Joe Flacco is at least a competent quarterback with another week under his belt. Maybe he can show up and play for the Browns. So there's too much we don't know. You look at a game like the Pats and Steelers, we know they both stink on offense. You go with the under. These two teams can actually score when they have competent people out there. Uh, So it's a total pass. For me as well. Uh, we're gonna go to the NFC South Championship game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, someone's got to win this division. Uh, Falcons laying now one and a half down from two and a half, total at 39 and a half. This is an under. I actually like. It's not as low as some of the other ones. Uh, the, 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 the the Buck the the sorry, the Falcons scraped by the Jets 13 to 8 last week in another NFL classic game. It's not like the Bucs are putting up a lot of points, especially on the road. I don't really like either offenses. The Bucs haven't scored more than 21 in over a month. I'm going with the under 39 and a half. Kyle, what do you like in this one?
1: I'll take the Bucks money line. I, I'm not super comfortable with Baker Mayfield holding my money, but the one thing the Bucs do at a decent level here, other than get the ball to Mike Evans, is stop the run, and that's the one thing the we know the fight and Arthur Smith want to do. So if they're – Not going to be able to run the ball. That means I'm losing this bet if Desmond Ritter goes bonkers. I'm comfortable in betting against that, even against a bad Bucs secondary. Give me the Bucs money line.
2: What do you think, Bri? Yeah, um, I mentioned in the last game that the Browns' defense plays a lot better at home. The Falcons' offense plays a lot better at home in this one. They're averaging 23 points per game at home this season and 6.2 on the road if you look at the injury report for this game both teams are really banged up on defense so yet this total was still relatively low at 39 and a half went up a little bit from 39 the last time these two teams played they combined for just 29 points but if you remember that game if you had the over in that game that's like the one the unluckiest like bets on a total this season they had five combined turnovers and four of them We're in the red zone, (laughs) including three from Ritter. I'm pretty sure all three were at the goal line. Yeah, I I know I had a bet this game. I can't remember it. It might have been Falcons. I remember like, how did I escape with this one? Considering they had all those fumbles at the goal line. And since the Buccaneers is three and one start, they're a 28th ranked defense and EPA per play. They're just a team that was fool's goat, three and one team. Their defense living off reputation at this point from a lot of big name players back on their Super Bowl run. Both defenses are really banged up. Falcons offense much better at home. This is a game that's going to be in the dome. I like the over on the small, on the low total.
0: I actually had the under in that game the first time they met. Um, and, yes, I got extremely lucky. And looks like Brian and I are on opposite sides of this one. I can see your point. With all the turnovers in the red zone, I just don't think either team comes with a lot of stuff. The Falcons, ball control, can't ever score. Buccaneers aren't impressing me, so – uh, whenever I see two offenses, I think you're going to struggle, I go under. But you you do make a point that they should have scored a lot more last time. This is um, also we- one
2: of those games where if you're watching on red zone, Scott Hans is going to turn this game. You're just going to see Mike Evans have like a 60-yard touchdown too, yeah. I feel like. I mean,
0: it's precisely right. I had, I had a buddy last week who basically said his season was over in fantasy. He was giving up and quitting. Uh, and then 30 seconds later, his Mike Evans caught a 75-yard touchdown, followed by yeah. – um, Chubba Hubbard scoring two touchdowns in the next five minutes. So he, uh, he was fine wound up with the high score of the week after saying he was done moving from the NFC South to the NFC North Detroit lions on the road, laying three points at the bears total was at 40 and a half now up to 43 and a half. I'll let you guys go
2: first before I give you a surprise pick for this one, Brian, what do you like? Yeah. So this line opened at lions minus five, which like really took me by surprise. And i was just doing the, uh, The predictions column on Sunday night, but now it's back down to three, three and a half at some shops. I like the lion. I mean, I like the Bears here. Sorry, I mean, this is an outdoor game in December with bad conditions, and you're getting the hook fading. Jared Goff. This seems like a no-brainer to me. And then the same time for the Lion, basically this sets up as a game of who's be able to run the ball better in these poor conditions, and two quarterbacks probably going to struggle in these conditions and. The lions lost their best run defense defensive tackle. And it could be that they're starting center of Frank rag now, and the bears is second best run defense in the NFL. So this sets up like a good spot for the bears. Another close game. I don't think it will be as high scoring as the last one or to mind the under either, but I really like the, um, the bears here.
0: I apologize to listeners as Brian used a phrase we never use on a betting podcast called no brainer or lock or anything like that. Um, Especially for those who are on the Bears, because um, he might have just jinxed you. But I actually 100% agree with him. It's one of the picks I gave out. Is uh, one of the ones I liked on 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 VEASAN the other night. Um, I, I just it is outdoors, and when this game was played earlier this year, a couple of weeks ago before Thanksgiving, the Lions. Uh, were dominated for three and a half quarters by the Bears. The Bears owned the game, and then they did what the Bears do, and they gave it up late in the fourth quarter. Lions snuck one out, played terrible, and then went home for Thanksgiving and got absolutely crushed by the Green Bay Packers. They didn't look great last week against the Vikings after the first quarter, going up 21-0 and then almost losing the game. So there's some question marks in Detroit as to what's going on the last three weeks or so. Bears not going to make the playoffs, but playing better, dominated the Lions. I'm going to
1: take the three, three and a half at home. I agree with Brian. Kyle, what are your thoughts? I won't regurgitate what you guys said. I'm on generally the same path here, but if you're going to go a prop and telling the narrative that we're telling here, it's Jameer Gibbs for me. Jameer Gibbs is on the field when the Lions are, and when it's closer, they're trailing David Montgomery is more of the front running back. Brian mentioned the tough bears run defense, and that's a fact, but Gibbs is just an elite talent. If they get into a weird spot, we've seen, This defense exposed at times. I'm going longest rush over 12 and a half yards. He's done it in six straight games. The volume isn't too much of a concern these days. He's an electric talent. Like I said, he's hit this number six straight. I think he can make it seven straight in this spot, understanding that he's going to be on the field plenty if our game script's accurate. And I think with the good run defenses
2: too, It's more of a concern for the guys like David Montgomery that aren't as explosive outside the tackles that can break big plays. I think that doesn't really hurt guys like Jameer Gibbs as much in a matchup like this.
0: Move on to uh, New Jersey where the Jets are hosting the Texans. Texans, things you would never thought you would say. It opened at six and a half. It's now down to three and a half. A lot of late steam coming on Zach Wilson and the Jets for some reason. Total 33 and a half, a little bit of an uptick of 32 and a half. My philosophy here, if it works, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I've been riding the Jets, Patriots, and Giants team total unders all season. Going to continue writing Jets' team total unders. The Jets' offense stinks. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. The last time, guys, what was the last time the New York football Jets scored two offensive touchdowns in the same game? Any guesses? Oh, man. Two offensive touchdowns.
1: I don't think they even did it in opening day. So this might be – uh... is it even this season? <laughs> I guess the Eagles.
0: They did it early October. I don't remember the opponent. They did it early October, and the joke I made in the column – was we still had eight teams fighting for the World Series at that point in time? The last time it the wasn't
2: the Eagles; it was, De- it was Denver. I looked it up. Denver, it was Denver.
0: Thirty-one against Denver. Yeah. Since then, since they bye, by the way, since they're bye, they've played six games, twenty-four quarters. If my math is right, in those twenty-four quarters, they've had two total offensive touchdowns. One was in garbage time versus the Dolphins' fourth-string defense after Jalen Phillips got hurt. And one was a dump off to Brees Hall that went 50 yards for a touchdown. Those are the only two touchdowns on offense that they have in six games. Total 13 and a half, 14 and a half. They haven't done it in weeks. Why would they do it now? I bought it up to 14 and a half, 25 cents. Took the under 14 and a half with the Jets. You can still take the under 13 and a half. Even when they scored two touchdowns against the Dolphins, which included a pick six, they missed the extra point and didn't hit 14 anyway. That's Jets for you. Kyle, start with you. Texans, Jets,
1: what do you like? Yeah, if you're going to go team total under for the Jets, I'm going over for the Texans. And I get that targeting this Jets defense might not be a popular play, but I can get them at over 19 and a half at plus money on DraftKings here. They've hit that number in five straight games. And I don't think they can run the ball Partly because they don't have a good offensive line, they don't have good running backs. I don't think Singletary is anything great, and I know Damian Pierce at this point isn't behind that line either. So if you're talking a high volume pass game for C.J. Stroud in an offense where the pace, pass rate above expectation is already creeping up, to me that's just a lot of opportunities to get to 20 points. That's not a big total for plus money. Give me the Texans over 19 and a half.
0: Brian, we got Texans team total over, Jets team total under. Where are you going?
1: Yeah, if we all
2: three want to hit our bets, we'll just hope for a Texans 20 nothing win because I'm on the game under for this one. Comics are a good point for the Texans offense, but CJ Stroud, like a lot of rookie quarterbacks, are some, he's a lot better at home than on the road. He's actually almost two yards less per attempt. His QB rating drops 20 points on the road compared to at home. But at the same time, it's like, there's the, the just merely the total here just a fade to the Jets. I mean, this Jets offense, I don't need to give you any more stats to really show you how horrific they've been. And I don't think the Texans are going to put up enough points for this to go over such a low total of 33 and a half. I mean, it dropped from 39, which is pretty crazy. I think weather's playing a factor here as well, too. I don't think the total dropped this much with Zach Wilson starting instead of Tim Boyle or Trevor Simeon, but you mentioned it. They haven't scored two touchdowns since early October in a game. Texans' worst road team on offense and at home. Jets' defense still has a lot of upside. Give me the under on a really low total.
0: There you have it. 24-3 Houston. We're giving you the exact score of the game. 24-3. It'll hit the over 20 for Kyle. Hit the under 14.5 for me. And i will hit the under 33.5 for Brian. 24-3 Everyone Texas. Wins. Book it. Go. Go throw a little chilies or skittles dollar or two on a exact score twenty. We'll go twenty four to five because that sounds like a better jet score. Seattle versus San Francisco, a rematch of the NFC West battle we saw. If you want to call it a battle, it's more like a blowout on Thanksgiving evening. San Francisco went into Seattle and beat them pretty hard. Brian, I'll let you give me all the great numbers of San Francisco that you gave us last week. If you want to repeat when they're healthy numbers, what happens out there and and what do you think of this game?
2: Yeah, basically when their offense is completely healthy this season. So they had a couple of games where McCaffrey was banged up and they're out there they without Trent Williams, Debo Samuel. But when everybody's in the lineup, their team total over has hit in every single game. And they won by at least one score in all about one game. And if you guys remember what game that was, where they didn't. It was because McVay kicked a field goal as time expired to cut the lead from 10 to 7 to cover the spread. So I've been cashing a lot on his 49ers team total overs. I've just been riding that trend. It's really high for this one, but rightfully so at 29 and a half. I mean, they go over 30 points almost every game. when They're completely together. But what's interesting to me here is that the spread opened at 12 and a half on Sunday night after their win over the Eagles. Sorry, their are of the Eagles. I don't need to minimize how big of a win that was. Yet there's more money on the Niners at both FanDuel and DraftKings Something's a little suspicious about why this total drops. I mean, why this spread drops so much. It could have been some early sharp action It was at twelve and a half, but it's still at 10.5, too. You would think if they, were, they would want to drop that down below 10 for a key number. If you want, if you if you got a lot of guts, this would be the right time to sell high on the 49ers when their stock couldn't be higher. And the Seahawks proved to be competent on Thursday night football last against the Cowboys. Me personally, I don't have the I don't have the stomach to do it.
0: Niners 9-0 and winning by 20.4 points
2: per game when Debo and Trent
0: earned in the lineup as, as Brian said all but one have been a double digit win and that's when Sean McVay decided to play resident bookie. Niners won this matchup by 18 two weeks ago in Seattle I like the Niners here you say it's down to 10.5 you can always buy that hook down to 10 take them or bet the team total over like Brian suggested Kyle where do you fall in this game?
1: I'm going under for the game, under 47, so we're threading kind of a thin needle here, but it would have hit in the first game. I mean, 31-13, like you said, would still get you to that 30 number. And pick six. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I like it. And um, But yeah, I mean, we're talking, I think this game goes one of two ways. If Seattle keeps this thing close, it's not because it's like the game against Dallas on Thursday night. If this thing's close, both teams are in the low 20s, high teens. That's gonna be okay for an under. And if they get blown out, we could see 31 to 13 again. And that works just the same. They've got banged up running backs. Neither one of them's healthy right now. So if you're putting a lot on Geno Smith, I understand that he looked good for one week. I'm gonna take he looked good for one week in one season. I'll take the first twelve weeks this season and I'll take the first decade of his career to tell me the guy's not that great. And if I'm betting against Geno Smith against arguably the best defense in the league, I'm fine with that. Gimme team or give me game under forty seven.
2: I just I want to get add- under Bierman's uh, skin real quick. You're talking about Geno. Quarterback rankings from a popular site, Geno 10, Tua 12.
0: That person should check into an institution somewhere and <laughs> make sure that the blood alcohol content level isn't too high. Um, a lot of people last week were saying that that beatdown of the Eagles was due to the fact that the Eagles played a rough, tough, late or game against the Bills while the Niners had been off since Thanksgiving. The opposite is true. This time you have the Niners coming off the later afternoon game versus the Eagles and Seattle playing the previous Thursday. So that could play a factor with Seattle extra rest if you think that that's a I San Francisco's the better team. So take all that throw it out the window. San Francisco I think wins it, and I don't think it's that close. They are that good. Uh, Minnesota versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I know Brian has some opinions on this one. He said it off air earlier, so we'll let him start here. Vikings on the road laying three points at Las Vegas off a bye. Forty and a half and a half is the total. Brian, I know you had some strong thoughts off air. Your thoughts on this one?
2: Yeah, I'm just kind of confused about why the Raiders are three-point home underdogs here. I was perplexed at the line when it was at one and a half, and then it's only gone up since, and I'm even more confused. I guess be like Justin Jefferson's return is playing a big factor here. Both teams are coming off a bye though, and the Vikings were five and two without Justin Jefferson. Like I'm not saying he's not important; he's so easily their best player. But this line still surprised me a little bit, especially the Raiders at home. And I feel like Josh Dobbs is getting a little bit overvalued. I mean, he's fallen back to reality the last couple of games. Is he really that much better of the quarterback in this matchup here? I mean, Ian O'Connell is nothing special, obviously, but the Raiders have looked competent with Antonio Pierce. I mean they had a fourteen nothing lead against the, the Chiefs at one point, but then Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes. Rest was history. I'm like obviously my like instinct here is to take the Raiders. I'm just a little surprised about the line, so it's giving me some
1: pause. Kyle, what do you think? I think me and Brian are making a personal bet, side bet here, and then we'll free roll it. Winner gets a free bet into the Sunday night game where his team's playing. So I'm on the Vikings here coming off the bye like he said. You get Jefferson back. All the things kind of point to a positive direction there. Minnesota obviously playing with some motivation here. And this isn't like last season where every game was close. Five of their six wins have come by at more than three points. So I think they cover this number. So I'm putting Brian on the spot, on the air. We're Mm -hmm. going to make a bet here. I'll lay the points. He'll take the points. And if he agrees to it, Winner gets a free roll into Sunday night. How does that sound, Mr. Blewis? I'd rather give money to you
2: than one of the sports books. Agreed. So I'm down. All right. Yeah.
0: Wouldn't it be funny if, like, if Kyle won the bet, Brian was forced to give Kyle a free bet, and Kyle said he was going to choose the Cowboys, and Brian would have to physically oh. bet the Cowboys <laughs> on his account.
2: I mean, at- I physically bet the Niners team total over last right. week. So yeah.
0: – so, we got, we got a personal bet there on the
2: show. Brian on the Raiders,
0: Kyle on the Vikings. I'm going to go where I love to go with the under. Outside of putting 30 up on the Giants, the Raiders have not top 21 all season. Literally, it's the only game all year they top 21 points. Last time we saw the Vikings, Joshua Dobbs was throwing to the wrong team all night, and they only had 10 points against the Bears. Jefferson's back. I still don't expect a lot of points here. I was actually surprised to see this in the 40s. With a team like the Raiders, who literally have topped 21 points once all year, it's not like Josh Dobbs has a, the K-Gun offense here. Uh, I expect this one to not get into the 40s. Uh, moving out west, Denver Broncos versus the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers off of their 6 nothing shootout against the Patriots last week. Chargers are laying 2.5 at home, total at 43.5. I have a strong play on this one, but I'll let Kyle go first.
1: Yeah, my strong play is I don't mess with the spread in Chargers game because every game's freaking close and I'm not touching it. So I'm not going that way. I'm going the prop route. Give me Cortland Sutton, longest catch over and half yards. He's only done that in six straight games. He's got the dot advantage over Jerry Judy by a slim margin this season. And you're talking about a Chargers defense, bottom five yards per pass attempt allowed this season. And they're a top 10 blitz team. To me, that, that fires things up. That gets single coverage down the field. Cortland Sutton making plays. Routinely down the field, I think that continues over twenty-two and a half for Sutton.
0: If you're playing soppy bingo, make sure you check off a dot, a dot oh, yeah. on your soppy bingo card. Uh, what do we think, Brian?
2: Yeah, I mean everything tells me that the Chargers are the no-brainer play here because I think they're just a much better team, much better point differential by forty-six points. Chargers 13th in DVOA, Broncos 22nd. Broncos records inflated by. Incredible turnover luck during their winning streak. Turnover differential of 15, I believe. But yet, everything else is telling me it's the Chargers. They're like the worst team to trust to put your hard-earned money on, even with the spread being less than three points. I don't know if I'm really going to play this one. Maybe the, t- Maybe the play here would be the tease the Broncos, because have the Chargers beat anybody by more than eight nope. and a half points? <laughs> I think just the Jets this season, or I think even just the Jets I can remember in the last two seasons. So... I would, I do like the Chargers here. If it was any other team in this spot, if, if they had a different logo or a different team name, I would be hammering them here in the spot. But it's the Chargers. Soppy,
0: you claim the Sunday night free bet from Brian with your your Raiders Vikings head to head. Well, I'm going to claim the Monday night Dolphins free bet from Brian because I'm all over the Broncos. Well, I didn't school. say I
2: was taking the Chargers. I said I like them. I was. I was going to take. Well, he them.
0: also used no brainer again. Um, I'm all over over the Broncos. Uh, Denver, one pass away from a six-game winning streak. Russell Wilson's pass into the end zone was intercepted. They would add a six-game winning streak if that goes different. And by the way, hell, throw this one out there. Had they won last week and not thrown that pick, we'd be talking about a Denver Broncos team that would be one game behind the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West. Imagine that. After their start, they'd be one game back on a team that everybody thought was going to win the Super Bowl and still could. Uh, instead, it is a two-game deficit, but I still think they're playing some of the better football in the league. And I'm I'm with Brian that I don't take the Chargers. I don't play the Chargers. I don't like the Chargers. Uh, they went into Foxborough and won 6 nothing. Like, Brandon Staley is on the epic, epic, epic life support, the beeping, beeping, beeping of that machine. Uh, I, I'm going to make you a double prediction here. I'm going to say Denver goes in there and wins outright, and Brandon Staley's fired on Monday. How's uh-huh. that for a double pick? I gotta say one
2: thing about your love for the Broncos here and your analysis for them. I'm a little suspicious. I think you're hyping them up to make the (laughs) Dolphins win over them by fifty points look so much better. I know what you're doing. No, no, no.
0: You saw me get into Twitter wars two weeks ago when bashing the people out there thought that Sean Baton should be coach of the year, saying you can't be coach of the year because you allowed seventy in a game and you made the own you dug your own grave and you got out of it. That doesn't make you coach of the year. So no, I'm not a Broncos fan. I'm not propping them up. Yeah. Um they have just played some good football. They they beat the Chiefs. They almost beat the Chiefs again. Uh they've beaten a couple of I mean, by the way, their five game winning streak that they had, it wasn't like they were playing bad teams. They beat the Packers, who are now we know are decent. They beat the Chiefs, they beat the Bills, they beat a red hot Vikings team, and then they dominated a Browns team that everybody thinks is going to the playoffs. That, that those are there's no bad teams in that list at all. Like the worst team in that list is arguably the Minnesota Vikings who were on their own big winning streak at the time. So they almost beat the Houston Texans who are currently a playoff team. So they've played pretty well against pretty good teams and they're getting points against a Chargers team, which is the least trusting team in NFL history every single year running. You should get a banner for that. Uh, But yeah, there's your your parlay. Brandon Staley fired on Monday. Denver goes there and win. I took plus three, three, two and a half, three. You can buy it up to three. Uh, I think the Broncos go in there and win the game, but play it safe and and take the points. That's where I'm going on that one. Um, Early contender for potential game of the week, at least during the day, not at night. Bills Chiefs, we've seen this matchup plenty of times over the years. The epic playoff battle that ended in overtime. Um, Some other Bills Chiefs big games over the years. Talk about two teams that should be at the top of the playoff race that now aren't. Bills at 500 hanging around due to everybody else losing Kansas City Chiefs team that still is in division lead, but as I mentioned a minute ago, it, it has shrunk right now. You ever think you'd see the Kansas City Chiefs only laying one and a half at home? Uh, this spread has dropped from two and a half. They're only laying one and a half. 48 and a half is the total. We'll start with you, Brian. Big AFC matchup. Bills playoff chances on life support. Chiefs still in control, but not the one seed that they were.
2: Yeah, I mentioned the last game that the Broncos seemed like an easy teaser play, getting up to plus eight and a half. Why not pair them with the Bills, getting up to plus seven and a half? I mean, I don't want to take a side in this game. The spread at one and a half makes it pretty clear that the Vegas views this as close to an even matchup. I mean, the Bills are quite possibly the best 6-6 six and six team in NFL history. They're a lot better than record shows. And I don't think this Chiefs team has seen Chiefs seen in years past. Quite frankly, this might be the worst chiefs team in the Patrick mahomes era i think this could be a really close game definitely a one score game but i don't want to have to i'm rooting for a good game basically here so why not get the bills up to plus seven and a half with the broncos plus eight and a half
0: i think i'm taking the teaser as we are currently talking so i'm going to kick it to you kyle because that's a brilliant play i like it and i'm taking it as we talk so
1: yeah you get through some key numbers there i like where you're headed but i'm not picking a side here these are two Elite teams that need wins in a bad way to kind of write their pass here. If they were playing different teams, I'd be all on both of them, thinking that they need a spot to kind of get rolling here late in the season. So I'm not gonna pick a side. I'm the fantasy guy, so I'm gonna go back to another prop here. Rasheed Rice over five and a half catches. You get it at plus 120 right now on DraftKings. He's, here you go, bingo card. Lowest A dot against <coughs> is the Bills this year. The teams attack them through the short passing game. Yak monster Rasheed Rice. Should chew that up in a big way. And then you go even one step further. You go Rice over receptions. You go Travis Kelsey over six and a half receptions. Both are plus money. You got to think one hits to break even. There's a world in which both hit that the way – that's the way I'm attacking this game.
0: I like this game so much I'm not even betting it. I have no idea how it's going to happen in this game. I, I can see either team winning. I can see either team winning big. I can see either team winning at the last second. I can see it being – Thirteen ten or forty two forty. I have zero feel for this. I want both teams to lose. Um, maybe we'll get a good old-fashioned tie. How about that? Good old tie. I do know out.
2: if this game goes to overtime, hammer the Chiefs, no matter what the number is. Josh <laughs> Allen, 0-6 oh, in overtime. Yeah. It will just be more misery for this unlucky Bill season. But one more to add to the Kyle Stoppia bingo card for She Rice. I feel like you yeah. take his entire props every week. Every week.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're excited so you to connect this bingo, yeah.
0: Yeah, if you had Rasheed White, dot Gibbs over, and anything with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Yeah. Soapy, bingo. yeah. Um, I I felt for you last Monday night as we tried to yeah, scramble to cover cover that injury that Soppy was at home probably with a glass of milk crying. So big, big Trevor Lawrence fan there. Um, our last game, saving the best for last. We'll let Brian go on this one first. His Eagles getting three and a half in Dallas. Eagles win this one. The NFC East is over. If the Cowboys win this one, opens up the door for not only the division but potentially the one seed. Do you think the Cowboys can do this or not? Cowboys, very similar to the Dolphins in that they've beaten a whole lot of bad teams. It's one of those see it and believe it type scenarios. Uh, I probably wouldn't take Miami versus the Bills or Chiefs today, just like I wouldn't take the Cowboys versus the Eagles. You're giving me three and a half points with one of the top teams in football. Prime time, Eagles have stepped up time and time again, except for the last week versus the Niners, give them a pass. Um, I just don't trust the Cowboys. We'll, we'll, we'll throw it to Brian, his favorite team and his least favorite team playing together. He loves it.
2: What do you got? Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys have been a juggernaut at home this season. Five and one ATS covering by an average of Fifteen points per game like that's just utter dominance at home and the Eagle's still kind of on that rest disadvantage once again Cowboys playing Thursday night football Eagles just playing the late afternoon on Sunday the schedule makers wrote the Eagles no favors with a five game stretch of the Chiefs the bill the Cowboys the Chiefs the bills the 49ers and then the Cowboys again and they've had a rest disadvantage in three of those five games three in a row. Definitely, you keep playing the, this the violin. I think it's a legitimate thing, for sure. And especially with the Cowboys, you're at home. But if I have one play here, I don't want to take a side. It's just like if you're in part, if you have no, if you have no dog in the fight in this one, the Cowboys seem like a no brainer play. Seem like a no brainer play. I'm not saying our no brainer play, just because they're so good at home. I can't remember the last time the Eagles swept the series. Actually, I do. It was the dream team Eagles in 2011 was the last time they swept the Cowboys. Me and Kyle talked about that offline a couple of days ago. I think these are two evenly matched teams. The Eagles are three and a half point favorites in Philly a few weeks ago. So it makes sense the Cowboys are getting the same number at home. But I feel the play here is the over just because of how good the Cowboys offense looks right now at home. Dak has really dominated against his Eagles defense in recent years. Eagles defense still might be gassed. They still got a lot of flaws, even though they they going to get some more injury luck back this week Is Zach Cunningham back in the lineup. But for the Eagles, Dallas Goddard's going to be back, and Dallas Goddard's going to be a huge boost for this Eagles offense. You saw that 49ers game last week where if Devontae Smith or AJ Brown weren't open, Hurts didn't want to throw the football. He mm-hmm. just didn't really trust anybody else to catch it. I mean, when your other pass catchers are Zach, Sto- Jack Stoll, Grant Calatera, Julio Jones in the year 2023, can't necessarily blame him, but they really miss Goddard in those short to intermediate throws. Don't trust their defense here. Cowboys defense got destroyed by the Seahawks on Thursday night. Even though there's been still some issues with Hertz's injury and how the Eagles offensive looked so sluggish at times, they have someone putting up numbers every week, but last week, give me the over here on the highest total of the week and the only one in the 50s. Kyle, I may need one of those sensor buttons for every
0: time Brian says no-brainer. For uh, all the novices listening at home, there's no such thing. Um More on the Eagles. I've been saying no-brainer seems like I've said is a no-brainer <laughs> to be fair. Um, more on the Eagles on Eagles Eagles Nightly with Brian Blue is coming to a show near you. Mr. Soppy, wrap it up. What do you think of this matchup?
1: Yeah, I think if I had to pick a side, it would be on Brian's Eagles here, but that's not the direction I'm going. I think this is going to be a low-possession game. Maybe there's a lot of points, but I don't think it'll be on a high-possession basis. The Eagles like to grind the clock out. I think you could do that. For me, I'm not... This isn't aging well, but I'm not really a Dak guy. I understand that he's lit the world on fire for a month and a half now, but... I think you see limited possessions. To me, that means limited passing attempts for Jalen Hurts. So give me under 255 and a half passing yards for the MVP candidate in Philadelphia. He's been under 210 in each of their last three close games. I think this game's close. He averages 242 in wins this season. Like I said, I think the Eagles win. Check both those boxes. He comes... Oh, yeah, I got you. He comes in just under this number. So, Brian, when I take your money at one o'clock, I'm just going to put it on the Eagles or on Hertz under 255 and a half, thinking they win. So that way your money goes toward a good cause. When you said under 255
2: on the MVP candidate, I I mean,
0: Dak's an MVP candidate. I'll go under,
1: right under 255
0: so.
2: on both. Why not? Um, oh, I'm I got one rest- more thing to mention for this game. I have a new rule. Anytime Hertz touchdown odds are minus 110 or longer, don't think about it just take it but for this one unfortunately it's a minus
1: 140
2: yeah i'd still take it I'd still take it. it'll it be my same game parlay i do it every single week I've, fair, hit, same game I've hit
0: more same game parlays on the eagles games than any other because i one one fourth of it is a guarantee with the hurts touchdown just like when i do dolphin same game parlays i just take tyreek hill hey, if you're not I
1: gonna use this one last week if you're not gonna let brian say no brainer you can't say guarantee
2: <laughs> yeah same thing Good point. No guarantee. I did have one last week that was the biggest guarantee ever. McCaffrey, anytime touchdown hurts anytime touchdown niners plus three and a half. Yeah. I had, I had the
0: same one, except instead of niners plus three and a half, I took niners to win the first half and then it was done. It was over by halftime. Uh, I'm going to let the two of you gather your thoughts for your pick of the week. while I tell you that the PFN merchandise store is now open and just in time for the holiday season. Visit pfnmerch.com for exclusive shirts, sweaters, hats, and more for the football fan in your life. Make sure that your significant other is wearing that PFN hat, PFN shirt, maybe even PFN stockings. But to get that out there, pfnmerch.com. Also, make sure you go to pfnbetting.com. Follow the betting team on at PFN365 on Twitter. Brian Blue is PFN, Kyle Sopi, PFN, David Behrman,
1: PFN on Twitter. Kyle, what's your top play of the week? I'm going Houston over 19 and a half points. You get into plus money going against the Jets. I'm betting on CJ Stroud. I understand the Jets are a juggernaut. I think CJ Stroud might be that good. You've got I'm betting on the quarterback position in 2023. That's the way to do this. Passing volume gets points there. Zach Wilson turns the ball over. He could help us out too.
0: Brian, since you know my best bet of the week is going to be the Jets under 14-and-a-half and Kyle's is over Texans 19-and-a-half, can we
2: say that your best bet is going to be the under in that game? Give me Titans money line parlay with two under for passing yards, two under for passing touchdowns, and two to throw a pick. No, i for the show about Sunday. Is show about Sunday. <laughs> no, I'm to... kidding. I'm kidding. I was going to see your reaction. No, my favorite <laughs> play is the is uh, the Bears. Here
0: we go. We got the Bears plus three. We got the Texans over nineteen and a half, and we have the Jets under fourteen and a half. Take that as your PFN betting parlay. No guarantees, no locks, no no-brainers. That'll do it for Kyle Sapi. No guarantees. No guarantees. For for, for Brian Lewis and Kyle Sapi, I'm David Behrman. Enjoy the football on Sunday, and make sure you tune in on Monday, as we have not one but two NFL Monday Night games to talk about. Um, You'll obviously get my take on the Dolphins. And maybe we'll even invite Kyle back to give his talk, his take about the Packers. Uh, That'll do it. Hopefully your bets are winners.